And this Go. ball in the air, deep right center Go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Make sure to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, potentially life changing Strava Craft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on this episode, we're going to get kicking off our draft coverage. I know I already profiled one guy that I just got excited about and I couldn't help myself but talk about left-hander Reed Detmers. He is still number one on my list. I've been going back and forth a little bit on the last several podcasts. You know, we've been diving into the players' owner stuff. Will there, won't there be baseball? And then I want to give us some of these where we get to take a complete break <clears throat> from that conversation. And yes, John, we don't even have to stretch too much and go to the KBO, though that can be fun as well. I've had a lot of fun talking about South Korean baseball, but we're close enough now. The draft the and the official title of it, for those of you who are unaware, and there is a, a particular reason of it, the MLB first year players draft of 2020. <laughs> it's a mouthful, isn't it? Um, it takes place June 10th at 5 PM. I'm going to give you a rundown right now of what you can expect from our coverage. And then I'm going to give you another player that I like. Uh, one thing you should know, the Colorado Rockies, uh, the thing, I guess, the first thing to know, right? Uh, it's a five-round draft. The Colorado Rockies have pick number nine, pick number 35, and I believe pick number 46. Uh, the first round right? Uh, consists of 29 picks. <clears throat> but then there is that competitive sandwich round or competitive balance round uh, where teams get compensatory picks for any number of things that can happen. And so the first day, we're going to see 37 picks. The Colorado Rockies will make two of them. And on that day, we here at DNVR Rockies will be live 10 to 15 minutes before the start at five o'clock mountain time. And we are going to be dealing in mountain time and we are going to be covering the draft uh, with an intense focus, of course, on the Colorado Rockies. We'll also be looking around at the NL West. Uh, you know, we probably won't be breaking down too much of how, you know, say a, a Yankees pick might impact the AL East where we don't think that you're going to be that interested in that. We're going to have an overview of the Rockies' entire system, of their prospects, of how this lines up, how we expect the team to look a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. We're going to be taking a look back 
at some of the most recent draft picks and the different routes they've taken to get to the big leagues. Uh, some of the more successful ones that the Rockies have had, some of the less successful ones that the Rockies have had. And of course, we'll have plenty of time to debate uh, what we think the Rockies should do at pick nine and 35. Take a look at all kinds of different players. We're going to have profiles for you, uh, probably anywhere from 10 to 20 different player profiles for those first couple of picks of guys we think look interesting um, that, that we'll try to set apart for you. Uh, I don't know that we'll really have it in us to do a mock draft, as most of you know, with Major League Baseball. It's uh, quite a bit different in terms of just what you can expect. Things can really get off the board, if you will, in a hurry. Uh, there's a wide range once you get out of the kind of top 20 uh, where guys can go. And there's just a lot more variability in general. You know, John's saying here in the comments that some of the less successful equals 95% of the picks. Uh, most teams feel that way about their draft picks, especially if you're uh, a multiple sport fan, because in baseball, uh, they just don't seem to pan out that well. The, the fact of the matter is that compared to uh, most teams over the last decade, the Colorado Rockies have done extraordinarily well in the draft. Uh, there are always going to be names that you can point to, uh, whether you want to go back to like a Tyler Matzik or Greg Reynolds, stuff like that, or even the most recent one of a Riley Pint. There's always going to be those. That's like saying that the Astros were bad at drafting because they took Mark Appel number one overall, and he retired before ever reaching the big leagues. Like, that's just baseball. You've got to uh, compare all of these things. And we'll talk about this stuff too with the draft. It's got to be on a relative scale. It's got to be compared to other teams because every team in baseball has first round draft picks that don't work out. Your goal can't be to have zero of them. It has to be to have less of them than everybody else. And it is the case that when picks like Riley Pint don't work out for you, I think it adds pressure in a draft like this to nail that that number nine overall, especially if you're going to take pitching. And I do think that it's going to impact the way that they think about it. When they sit down in the, the war room, right, in their decision-making room, they break out the 15-can sampler pack from Breck Brew. They're handing out the mile-high copper lager, distributing the Hot Peak IPA, and discussing a broad philosophy for how to approach the draft. Uh, I, I think being leery of raw or high school arms is something you're likely to see. And it's really interesting because right in that ninth pick, there's a lot of interesting talent that's going to be available for the Rockies to lay it out broadly for you before we start getting into specific names. Again, we've got some time before we get there and we're going to get into the real nitty gritty of this very, very soon. Um, but broadly speaking, the Rockies are going to have their choice of a good right-handed college pitcher, a good right-handed high school pitcher, a good and two good, Left-handed college pitchers, if Reed Detmers is still on the board between him and Garrett Crochet, a very intriguing calling ca college catcher who I'm going to talk to you about in just a little bit here today, and some pretty high-end outfield talent in terms of 
of what people think they're going to be able to accomplish offensively. So basically, who the Rockies take with their first pick, the number nine overall pick in the draft, is going to tell us a great deal about what they believe philosophically they need to get right now, um, where they think they're at in terms of competition in the next couple of years. If they take a high school arm, you know, that could tell you they're not spooked by what happened with Riley Pint. And they're playing more for the long-term future that they still think, Hey, man, we might lose Nolan here. We might not be able to resign John Gray. So we may, we, we, we may have to rebuild a little bit. We want to take somebody who's ready to arrive in the middle of that rebuild rather than lose their first couple of years. <clears throat> if they take a, a college pitcher, it may signal the opposite. If they take one of these guys who can rake, but there are questions in other spots. It, it may make you wonder, has the DH impacted how the Rockies are going to draft? Knowing that in a worst case scenario, you can take a guy like a Tom Murphy in the future. You know, if, they, if the DH was in the National League when the Rockies had to make that decision, Tom Murphy never would have left. And there could be other players like that where at least you've got that in the back of your mind. You're like, I'm not sure if it's going to project defensively best case scenario he turns into a decent corner outfielder but the bat well, maybe now you do take a guy like that and maybe you can rush him through the minor leagues if he's already 21 years old he can make his debut in a year and a half two years and still be there as as a contributor to the core of of your current team so all of that's going to be very interesting and what i'm about to do now is tell you two completely contradictory things. I am going to advocate um, in completely opposite directions. And I'm very excited for the future podcast where Patrick Lyons can be here and really just pin me to the mat on this, to use a, a wrestling analogy, which he would appreciate. I pretty fundamentally believe that the Rockies are in a unique spot whereby they cannot attract free agent starting pitching or relief pitching for that matter at a fair price. They have to pay extra. And in doing so, that cripples them in a number of ways. They can sometimes trade for it. And in fact, relief pitching, they've got a pretty good track record of trading for quality relief pitching especially in the middle of the season and, and having it work out for them. Both previous uh, regimes, that seems like an, an overly fancy word, uh, administrations, front offices, Dan O'Dowd was pretty good at this, and, and Jeff Breidich has been pretty good at it. Solomon O, Pat Nishek, you know the names. And so, as such, more than anyone else, the Colorado Rockies have to grow their own pitching. It's worked pretty well with John Gray, obviously, at least for the one season, season and a half for Kyle Freeland. And most people listening to this probably think he's going to be back. While they did acquire him through trade, Herman Marquez spent time in the Rockies system since Attell has come up through the Rockies system. And I think you need as many chances at that as possible. 
So broadly speaking, I would take pitching if ever given the chance. Now, if something weird happens in the draft and like the first eight teams all take pitchers just for whatever. And so like all the best pit, like the guys I like, it's you're down to the, to the sort of more question mark type of guys. And there are actually a lot of good arms there. There's a counter to the strategy I'm suggesting right now, which is to say that there are a lot of good arms in this draft and you could probably get a pretty decent one at 35. So if the best guy available at nine, you know, if Detmers is off the board, which could well be the case, another guy uh, who's got a lot of shine on him, Emerson Hancock, and then my other favorite Garrett crochet, let's say all those guys are off the board, but the top bat, that, that could mean that the top bat in the draft is available. Um, guy named Zach Veen. Now, he's a high school player, uh, and there are some questions about his – he's got a very like complicated swing, and I wonder about that when you go home to road and Coors Field effect and all of those things. But that would be years in advance. You know, an 18-year-old bat would be an interesting way for the Rockies to go considering their their general needs but he might be you know value speaking the best player on the board and and it's always important to remember too there's a lot of time for these guys to uh maybe they get traded for something the rockies need uh, if, especially if they know look everyone's going to love this bat let's put them in our system let's let them rake for a year then let's move them for the pitching we need and that'll actually get us the reliever and or starter or whatever help that we need sooner then drafting it and waiting for it to develop. But as we know, it's just been a very difficult thing for the Rockies to get pitchers to come from outside and, and come to Coors Field and immediately embrace it or adjust to it or do whatever the, it is that they need to do to excel there. And as such, I would go this way. If there's a college pitcher on the board whose stuff you like, I'd take him at nine and 35 and 46. I'd take five pitchers in this draft. And I don't think the Rockies are going to do that. Um, and, and you can go overboard with it. But they've shown an ability over the years to get quality position players in here, whether they took them in the second or third round or sandwich rounds like they did with Blackman and Story and Arenado, or whether they took them in the 15th round like they did with Sam Hilliard or, or other guys that they've managed to you know, get in here uh, outfielders. They've got extraordinary depth in the organization right now at both third and first base. So really, you know, if there was a position of quote unquote need from a, a depth standpoint in the organization, it would be middle infield. But the, we, but the thing about that is you've got Trevor story, Brendan Rogers, Garrett Hampson, and you've got Ryan McMahon playing second base right now. So and all of those guys are in their mid to early 20s. And Story may get signed up for an extension. If not, you know, Hampson steps right in. Uh, McMahon at second base. Rogers is a, is a big part of that as well. So Rogers could step right in at shortstop. You've got those guys. So as such, I, I think there's a heavy emphasis in this draft even more than there would be regularly. And I've laid out the reasons here why I think just regularly the Colorado Rockies should focus heavily on pitching in the draft, even through the times it hasn't paid off for them. Uh, and I think that 
those track records should steer you away from high school guys, right? I know however talented they may be. Um, and, and Nighthawk is right. Like those guys aren't going to step right in and beat Trevor story, though. I will say Brendan Rogers has all of the tools to be that kind of player. And as a prospect, Brendan Rogers has been better and more consistent and more intriguing than Trevor story ever was as a prospect, having followed both of those guys through the early parts of their career. And, and even, you know, remember early in his career, story really struggled with some stuff you know i you know you want to point it like well rogers you know why do you still believe in this guy we saw him for like 20 games last year he did nothing and it's like well you know if you judged now the first 20 games of his career of course trevor story stepped onto the scene and was just a juggernaut but judge trevor story based on the first 20 years of his follow-up season or years excuse me what's 20 years my goodness games time really has stopped hasn't it um 50 games, the first half, during the first half of 2017, when the team would ultimately, uh, yeah, right, Night Hog, he's been around a while. The team would ultimately get to the postseason, and a lot of people around him were playing better. But after a year where he would have been rookie of the year, he might not have won it, but he would have rightfully been the best rookie of 2016 if he hadn't gotten hurt. Uh, they were probably going to give it to Corey Seager anyway. But still, um, yeah, Will, he he had a lot of adjustments. He was striking out like 37% of the time and hitting 210 going or something like that, 220 going into the all-star break of 2017, his sophomore campaign. And, and he had to get moved down. He was batting eighth in the lineup. Uh, he was striking out way too much. I was getting emails about how this kid's got to get benched. Um so, you know, he had, he had to go through it and, and he came out the other side of it. Now, obviously, we looked at him and we go, man, that guy's a, a star, borderline superstar who, if he takes that next step, could be one of the best players in baseball. And D. West, I agree. You got to resign story, throw the money at him. And that may be part of the reason. In fact, I know that's part of the reason why the Rockies built in the opt out for Nolan Arenado, because then it can be one or the other. It, the second Nolan Arenado takes that opt-out, if he intends to leave, now you can still negotiate with him and still try to sign him back under another contract. But if he takes that opt-out, you just turn around and go, hey, Trev, you want $30 million a year? We were going to give it to him, but he bounced. And, you're, you know, we were about to renegotiate this anyway. It's actually coming up. Yeah, the timing on that's nice. Suddenly, what do you know? We've got $30, $35 million. We'll pay it to this guy because you've now taken the step into superstardom and we, we know you're worth it. You know, you're worth it. And we've got the ability to do it. I think there's a chance that that happens. Um, and that the timing of it is part of the reason why it hasn't happened yet, because I do think it would be hard for the Rockies to pay Blackman, Arenado and story what they would all be worth over these next couple of years. Not impossible because of what comes off the books after this season. If there is this season, will they come off the books, whether we have a season or not, D. West says, personally, I think Story is uh, more important than Nolan. I totally agree. And yeah, if you decide to trade Nolan Arenado for a bunch of prospects who aren't making any money and then use the money you've saved to sign Trevor Story, if those prospects pan out, especially if they're starting pitchers, I think that could be a, a huge win. And I said this when it was really 
blowing up and dramatic and everyone was mad at everybody right in the middle of all of that. I said, look, the Colorado Rockies losing Nolan Arenado is not the worst thing to happen to either the Colorado Rockies or Nolan Arenado. It is not going back to the draft conversation. It is largely not a great idea. And to answer this question from Nighthawk for the Rockies to pay huge money to position players. Is Blackman worth his contract in a vacuum? Actually, yes. If you're looking at, like, he's going to get paid $20 million a year. Uh, if his bat plays how I think it will, especially now that there's a DH in the National League, like, that's fair market value for a guy who's a top 20 hitter in baseball. And the way he hits in the clutch, like, some the, the other things that he brings to the Rockies, I think that that's totally fair value. If you're just looking at, you know, dollar per, what I would imagine a more fair war that doesn't just destroy his defense. His defense is bad. It's not as bad as war um, makes him out to be. But here's the, here's the thing, right? David Dahl is getting paid. Now, I don't know where he's at right now. I could bring this up right now. But if he's still on his rookie contract, he's making league minimum. He's making... 500k did he enter arbitration yet i'll look him up really quick but um and, and and it's a similar thing with trevor story or nolan arenado versus ryan mcmahon so okay this year david Dahl is set to make 2.4 million dollars charlie blackman is going to make like 20 million dollars now it's not that charlie's not worth that but any, and this is why I think the collective bargaining agreement is going to be such a pain in the ass. This is the disparity, and there's no way around it that Charlie Blackman, while he's a better ball player and he brings more value right now than David Dahl, or at least he has, there's no guarantee. Like if David Dahl stays healthy, plays center field, he could be more valuable to the Rockies if 2020 was a normal season. Like I would put those odds at like 60-40 in favor of Blackman. Like Blackman probably has the better year. I can trust that. He's done it before. There's other certain number of things. There is the injury history with David Dahl. But if you gave me a, a DraftKings sportsbook, you know, over under, and we picked a stat, a WAR, you know, sort of OPS or WRC plus or something like that between Blackman and Dahl. It could be a toss-up. It would be a good value bet, probably, because Dahl would be the underdog because the you know the public would would have more faith than Charlie Blackman. But David Dahl is an extraordinarily talented baseball player, and if he stays healthy and puts it all together, Dahl's the kind of guy who could absolutely just have a monster campaign, and he'll do it for two point four million dollars. Charlie Blackman. What I know is not going to happen. He's not going to be five times better or 10 times better. And that's what he's getting paid 10 times what David Dahl is. So that's why when, you know, there, and I get the freak out over Nolan Arenado. Look, in an ideal world, I'd, you know, spend your whole career in Colorado, become the greatest Rocky of all time. Going to the Hall of Fame, it'd be the greatest third baseman who ever lived and have only played his whole career for one team. There's a lot of stuff about that that I just, I love. But if they're going to make it about a business and we're all going to talk about the business side of it, then the fact of the matter is 
spending $35 million not on one position player who can't be 30 30 times the value of Ryan McMahon at third base. Is he better? Yeah. Is he twice as good as Ryan McMahon at third base? You could maybe convince me that Nolan Arenado is twice the value. Like even war might suggest something like that, right? That if McMahon's a decent player that he might put up a three war, but Arenado being a great player is going to put up a six to eight war. So he's twice as good, maybe three times as good as, as Ryan McMahon. But 30? If I can spread that value out, rebuild my starting rotation, grab a closer that I trust, or a setup guide that I can move Oberg into the closer role, we're moving out Davis, Sean McGee, because all that contract money is gone. If trading Nolan Arenado allows me to pay Trevor Story, now now that's that's the the one thing I just said, don't pay position players. Shortstops are a little bit different because shortstops, it's just harder. It's just harder to find great ones. And he's a great one. And they do so many things for you. But even then, like I know people I talk to people say, don't don't even pay that money to Trevor Story. Pay pitching if you can find it. Overpay for the pitching because there will be the next guy. You know, back to the, the conversation. Will, will Brendan Rodgers step in and be what Trevor Story is now right away? Almost certainly not. Could he turn into... 90% of what Trevor Story is over the next couple of years? Yeah. Yeah, he could. He's got all the tools. Rogers look good at spring training, man. Rogers look real good at spring training. But like I said, if you if you took that DraftKings Sportsbook over under on these young guys. The Rockies have a lot of guys in that camp. The David Dahl, Brendan Rogers, Ryan McMahon. Who else? Sam Hilliard. I absolutely throw in there. Sam Hilliard might be the best example of it. We got to find some prop bets. We got to create them. Y'all know that the wait is finally over and that DraftKings has brought legal sports betting back to Colorado. May have flown under your radar, but sports are coming back. You know you can bet on a KBO. Uh, they, they got soccer going now. There's been NASCAR. There's been UFC. Uh, there are going to be futures bets. We're going to have some stuff for you, some uh, unique DNVR draft-related stuff. You know, will the Rockies take uh, a position player? How many pitchers? Will they take a left-handed pitcher? Will they take a high school pitcher? There's going to be all kinds of fun stuff like that to think about. Um, and so, so get your mind rolling right now on what you think the Rockies are going to do in the draft. And we're going to have coverage wall to wall, not only about what we think they will do, what we think they should do, but just what we think would be the craziest thing to happen, all of it. And you can try to figure out what the longest odd thing that, that might actually happen. And you don't even have to worry at all. It's not like some other offshore operation like other gambling sites. DraftKings is a legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S. So you can be confident that your funds are secure. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever. You don't even have to leave your house. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's right. 
DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Don't forget to enter code DNVR and get your sign-up bonus today only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. One other thing I wanted to mention about the draft before I end part one, we'll get into the uh, catcher I wanted to talk about here in part two. Um, but I wanted to mention that it's going to be very interactive in as many ways as we can make it. We'll be taking your questions during the show. Obviously, we'll be taking your questions before and after the show. But we want to do everything that we can uh, to make sure that you're involved that you know what's going on with the draft. Uh, you know, we don't want to uh, insult your intelligence or our intelligence uh, by, you know, overdoing explanations about the MLB draft and how it works and how it's a little bit different. But we also understand that we, along with everyone else, may need a few extra primers on things like that. So, you know, we still have some time as as we're formulating plans to... Uh, put some segments together for all of you. If there's anything you're very curious about, we can even do those explainer videos if y'all haven't seen, uh, particularly if you're curious about the DraftKings stuff and you've never really done the sports betting before on on like a DraftKings sportsbook type of app. Um, we've got a bunch of explainer videos up on dnvr.com or you can check out our YouTube channel. RK has put them together, Ryan Koningsberg, that is, and uh, they do an excellent job of just kind of taking you through the basics of, you know, what an over-under means, what the money line is, what all those minuses and pluses are about. And it's, as somebody who was not into this uh, element of sports, you know, really before we got this sponsor, I've learned a great deal and I'm, I'm trying to incorporate that into my terminology. Of, I've, I've had a, a ton of fun with it. So if there are anything like that little one minute long, two minutes at tops, those explainers we do. Um, you know, if, if you'd like, um, I, I'm not even sure. Again, this is this is where I, I need your feedback. But things like, you know, they, they, you can't trade draft picks in Major League Baseball. Um, I... I don't know to what extent that is common knowledge, to what extent people would like a quick refresher on those things. You can't trade picks. You don't trade up or or back um, like you do in other drafts. Th- you know, those kinds of little nuts and bolts things, whatever it may be. Um, or would you prefer rather than nuts and bolts pieces about uh, the draft in general, maybe a, a longer explanation about the history of the Rockies and the draft and maybe how they're philosophy has evolved over the years, which may be a, a little bit different. Um, that, that may be a little bit more difficult to pull off. Uh, now that I think about it, just because um, there have been a lot of, there's a lot of pushes and pulls, right? Like whatever the draft philosophy is, as we were just discussing, it's not like it's the manifestation of one person's thought process. And that's just what they do. Uh, a front office philosophy is a combination of a bunch of different people and it evolves and it often evolves from 
year to year. And so you can find yourself in a trap saying things like, well, the Rockies just don't value catchers in the draft. It's like, well, (laughs) on the one hand, there's some truth to that. On the other hand, uh, you know, the Rockies don't value is a very difficult sentence to complete, or the Rockies do value or have always, I guess. What they do right now uh, is easier to assess than, you know, what they did 10 years ago and whether or not that has any relationship to how they view the draft now, but it still could be interesting. So let me know what you all think. I am going to wrap this one up here today. There's a part two coming very, very soon where we dive deeper into a couple of the more uh, specific elements of this first overall pick. So thank you so much for listening in today. Make sure you're following on all the social media, that you're subscribed to the dnvr.com. You got yourself a cool shirt or a hat uh, while stuff is, I, I think if you're listening to this, there's still hockey stuff on sale or there we could have crossed over into the next sale by now. I'm not entirely sure, but something is on sale. So check it out. Uh, thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you, I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.